Welcome to the first episode of the new podcast series, Sincerely South. Sincerely South is brought to you by the College of Education and Professional Studies at the University of South Alabama. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Gaston, and with me today is my co-host is Dr. Susan Ferguson. Susan, how are you? I'm great today. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of this project. Me too. Me too, and I'm excited about our guests. Oh yeah, this is going to be a good one. So I guess since this is the first episode, you and I should probably introduce ourselves a little bit. So if you don't mind, if you'll tell us a little bit about yourself and then what you do here at the college. Okay, sure. Uh, I'm Dr. Susan Ferguson. I taught for Auburn City Schools from 1996 until 2008 when I came here to the University of South Alabama. I am the program coordinator for secondary education here at South. I'm an associate professor. I work with primarily English for speakers of other languages and English language arts, but I also have a background in biology. And so I work with uh, our math and science scholarship recipients through a scholarship program through NSF NOICE. Very good. So I guess for myself, My career in education started as a paraprofessional in a pre-K special ed classroom. And then I went on to be an elementary school teacher for a number of years. Then I got an opportunity to be work for the district in in instructional technology. I was a technology resource teacher for a while before coming on here as an assistant professor. And I'm in the Department of Counseling and Instructional Sciences, and my focus is educational technology. We have, I teach mostly master level courses, but I do get the chance to work with some of our uh, undergrad pre-service teachers because they have to take an ed tech. That's what we call it, ed tech, ed tech class. And so I love that because that's a face-to-face course. And I, I really enjoy getting to be a part of their journey as they are on their way to becoming educators. It's really rewarding. It, it really is. So, you know, we have some amazing resources in Alabama for educators. As someone who was a classroom teacher, I can really attest to some of just amazing resources that we have available. And one of those is the Alabama Math Science Technology Initiative. Everybody just calls it AMSTI, but it's available all throughout the state. And so for our guest today, we went straight to the top. We have Rachel Broadhead, who is the director of AMSTI for this region, and we have Chastity Collier, who is the assistant director for AMSTI for this region. Thank you both so much for coming today. Oh, thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be here. Absolutely. Can't wait. So, Rachel, let's start with you. If you will, tell us a little bit about your education journey and how you ended up becoming the director of AMSTI. I'm so glad, Joe, you set the example of not including dates. If you asked me to put a timeline to it, <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> uh, probably because education has been part of life for me from the very beginning. I come from a long line of educators uh, in a ton of roles across a ton of states. Uh, so it's always sort of been part of who I am. It actually wasn't my first career choice. Oh. I built bookstores and managed bookstores for Books A Million. I did their adult uh, training and onboarding for many years before I went back to school to be a teacher. Very interesting. Yes, yes. Uh, And then after that, I spent some time in the elementary classroom, uh, spent some time as an instructional support person at my particular school, uh, moved to Amstai at some point later on, have held a variety of roles from math specialist through uh, assistant director, 
through some state coordinator type roles with AMSTA as well. And uh, just recently co-authored my first book. Congratulations. Wow. Now, is that already out? It is. It's the kind of thing that everyone is clamoring to get. It's not in the fiction section. It's a book <laughs> about math education research and implementing it in the classroom. It's, it's all about addition and subtraction. It's riveting reading. Well, what's it called? It's called uh, <laughs> It's called Bringing Research to the Classroom of Focus on Addition and Subtraction. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Well, and I have to ask, so going back just a bit to your story, what what changed for you that made you want to go from building bookstores for Books a Million to being a teacher? That's a good question. Uh, I avoided it in the beginning because ah. everyone in the family did it. Right. And it was serendipitous for sure. Because even though I tried not to go into education, I found myself in a retail setting where what I was doing was education. It was adult learning, absolutely adult learning. And it's probably what uh, convinced me to leave the classroom, which I'm really passionate about, for more adult learning opportunity. How about that? It was there all along. You just had to come to it your own way. It was. I really think education (laughs) is a calling. I really do. I truly do. So, Chastity, how about you? Tell us a about your story and how you ended up as the assistant director at Amstai. Absolutely. So, I was a proud uh, USA graduate in 1998. Uh, went into an elementary school, taught third grade my first year uh, in Mobile County Public Schools, and um, I failed. My first two weeks, um, I was ready to wave my white flag and surrender. And um, I just didn't, I wasn't inspiring children. And the way I envisioned being in a classroom was not happening. And so um, I called my mom and asked, I told her that, you know, I did not feel like this is after two weeks, what what it was supposed to be like. And um, she uh, said to me, if you're not having fun, then they're not having fun. And um, that kind of put a dagger in my heart that I'll never forget. <laughs> and I immediately started reflecting on what can I do differently. And so um, began back then, you know, we didn't have uh, Pinterest and teacher pay teacher. And so just tried to attend as much professional development as I could, searching for ways to make learning fun and to make an impact on children and uh, had some wonderful opportunities, went to as many things as I could, and learned how to begin to make learning fun. And actually, it was through science. And so um, my kids loved science, and so they would want to read and write. And uh, of course, we incorporated math because we were collecting data. Uh, And so I really felt like we could learn all subject content areas through science. And so um, in the school where I was at, you know, teachers kind of looked in on the windows and said, you know, this lady's just playing all day. (laughs) And uh, we absolutely were. We were having so much fun. And um, at the end of the year, that playing paid off because the students in my class, um, their scores tripled uh, at a minimum. And um, later that summer, the principal called me in and said, uh, you know, um, the teachers say you play with your kids all day. And um, I want to show you what that did. And she she slid across the table the test results of the kids in my homeroom. And um, she said, I wondered if you might 
would want to play with all the kids in the school next year. (laughs) So uh, we started a science lab at that elementary school. And I did that. I loved it. The only thing was, to me, it wasn't enough because they were just getting it weekly. But hey, a little bit's better than nothing at all, right? And so um, we ran the science lab from there. I fell in love with the content and moved on to middle school. And um, then I actually became an Amstai science specialist. Um, Learned a whole lot. I learned so much by going into teachers' classrooms all through our region. Um, I've I was a learner, even though they called us science coaches or science specialists. We were abs- I'm absolutely a learner when I go into a classroom with teachers, and I learn from the best. And um, from there, I decided I wanted to go back into the classroom because I learned so much as a science specialist that I wanted to try out all the things that I had learned. So I went back to the classroom and um, actually was awarded with two uh, national honors, the Presidential Award for Excellence in Math and Science Teaching and Alabama Teacher of the Year in 2018. So to me, that was just evidence that Amstai and hands-on learning and um, learning from your collaborating and learning from your peers that you teach with is really just what it's all about. And I just recently came back home to Amstai um, and feel like I'm with my family and want to help the children and um, the teachers in Region 10. I think that should be your slogan, come back home to Amstai. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) We have some real rock stars here with us today. We do, we do. Unbelievable. And I do have to say that Chastity just came and gave a presentation to our undergrads in the ed tech class. And uh, it was entertaining to say the least. She had them in bags and was sucking the air out of the bag so they could feel air pressure. (laughs) She was uh, seeing if they could blow up, you know, huge eight foot long uh, bags in one breath. I mean, we, the kids were just, they loved it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, So, you know, we don't like to sometimes take mom's advice, but mama was right. I have to say mama was right, Joe. Absolutely. Well, yes, I think that your career has proved her right consistently. Absolutely. <laughs> don't tell her that, though. <laughs> Too late. She's probably going to listen to this. That's right. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into what Amstai is all about and what you have to share about it. We'll be right back. We are adventurous. We are leaders. We are competitors. We are supporters. We are mentors. We are educators. We are community builders. We are collaborative educators. We are. We are. We are. We are. We are. We are. We are South. At the University of South Alabama's College of Education and Professional Studies, our students and graduates are equipped with the skills, drive, and vision to improve our region and the world. As educators, health and wellness professionals, instructional designers, hospitality forerunners, and leaders, we are catalysts for change, and we are South. Welcome back. So we're here with Rachel Broadhead and Chastity Collier talking about Amstai, the Alabama Math, Science, Technology Initiative. I can't believe I remembered that. I, I try to, <laughs> I'm not great with remembering what the, uh, the acronyms stand for. But so, okay, so you both are within Amstai now. And tell us about Amstai. When did it start? What was this whole idea behind it? 
Wow. Okay. So Amstai started as um, the work of a blue ribbon committee commissioned by the governor uh, and several really powerful educators from across the state, several representatives from our area, uh, Michelle McClung. Um, I should never have started listing names because now I won't be able to dredge <laughs> up the rest. Uh, Charles Nash, several, several people, uh, powerful educators, Shelley Ryder from different positions across the state, many of them school-based, uh, sort of in answer to, similar to where we find ourselves today with Governor Ivey, sort of responding to the... Um, this is the current state of affairs for math and science instruction in our state. What can we do to improve that outlook? So that Blue Ribbon Committee uh, wrote the whole thing, made a beautiful master plan, uh, presented it to the governor and probably lots of other bigwigs. I wasn't on the committee, so I'm not sure. Uh, and they said, this is amazing, and promptly shelved it. But about three years oh later, my. yes, I know, right? <laughs> uh, but about, I think, three years later, uh, that uh, work came off the shelf and found funding through a legislative action. And the first uh, summer Institute, which is what we called our big summer training for many years, the first summer Institute took place in North Alabama. Uh, and then from there at UNA, and then a site came online at UAH, and then the following year a site came online here at USA. And from there, we rolled out as, um, as we got bigger and bigger, we would roll new sites online at different universities. Uh, but the whole thing started really as the brainchild of um, powerful educators from across the state who had been in the research, who had had practical experience like Chastity had, and knew that there was a better way to go about doing math and science instruction. So there are, um, st is it stations? What do you call them? Uh, we call them master sites. Master sites. So there are master sites all over the state of Alabama, and are they all housed under a university? Is that kind of how that's how that works? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so there are eleven regions throughout the state, and um, each one has a uh, a university that represents them and takes them under. And the University of South Alabama is our in service center. Okay. So you've got these sites all over the state, and what do you do? I mean, what's what's going on? That's one of the hardest questions I think we answer. Imagine as a teacher, right? You're used to people asking you in the grocery store or at the post office, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a teacher. Oh, what do you teach? Where do you teach? Those are the standard questions. Uh, in an Amstaff position, people say, oh, what do you do? And you say, I'm in education. <laughs> wow, where do you teach? I don't really have my own classroom anymore. Really, what do you do? I, I just seek to help teachers teach math and science differently. It's a, it's a big question. Uh, generally, though, we tend to boil that answer down into uh, three parts. Joe, uh, Amstad provides three primary services, uh, open and available and uh, provided to all in-service teachers in the state of Alabama. And the first one is professional learning opportunities. So uh, sort of at the cutting edge, edge of research, what is the... Uh, the 
most influential, most efficient uh, instructional practices, as well as content, content deepening in math and science can be huge. Uh, so we provide pre- professional learning opportunities. In addition to that, we provide all of the materials and resources needed to implement or to execute on that professional learning. It's sort of like a lab uh, in a box. It's like a lending library for labs, right? So we put a bunch of stuff in bins, send it to the teacher so they can use it in the classroom with students. And then when they're done, they send it back to us and we clean it up, make it look new, put back everything that was used up with classrooms, make it all fresh and send it to someone else, right? Uh, and then the other thing we do is on-site support. So if you come to professional learning and you get some front-end information about how to change your instructional practice, and then when it's time to teach those standards, all the fabulous manipulatives and hands-on stuff shows up in your room, that's still a lot to manage and integrate. So the third resource or service that we provide is that on-site support. We'll actually come out and work side-by-side with you in your classroom. We'll share instruction with you. We'll participate in the teaching and learning in your classroom and help you figure out how all of these ideas and instructional strategies can be knit together in your specific situation because not every classroom is the same. So there are 11 regions across the site, uh, sorry, across the state, and they're all um, staffed by even more people. So we have an incredible capacity to sort of help people figure out how this fits in your context. How do we differentiate to the situation at hand? And and, uh, to add on to what Rachel is saying, you know, all three of those services that we provide with AMSTA, one is not more important than the other. I mean, if we just have manipulatives on the table and things for kids to do, but we're not using best practices um, in teaching and learning, you know, you're still not going to see those, those results that you want. And so all three of those aspects are so very important. Um, There's uh, research that says that when, you know, a teacher's in a, in a learning opportunity, they go back to their classroom they're probably not going to, they're only going to apply five to 10% of that. But um, if they have a coach right there, right beside them, modeling, co-teaching with them, uh, cheering them on, everybody needs a cheerleader in their life, you know, even educators. And so if we can work side by side with them, um, you know, greatness will happen. Would you say you work more with uh, newer teachers or with veteran teachers? I would say a little bit of both, you know, uh, new teachers and and uh, veteran teachers, because, you know, even teachers that have been in this field for a long time, they're still searching for better ways, sure. you know, and, and most of us as educators, we're always looking for ways to make things easier and uh, more, more beneficial for our students. Yes, we're really a, a change initiative. Uh, and if we believe that, if we are lifelong learners ourselves, if the program is built on uh, a lifelong learning mindset, then we have to we have to model that. We have to practice that. So we work with teachers in all situations. We may work with a teacher for a short term or for a long term. We may work with them closely for a while and not see them for two or three years, but everyone sort of eventually comes home right. to Insta. Oh, there we go. That's right. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) And we try to meet each, each, you know, region, uh, school's needs. Um, We differentiate depending on the needs of schools because even, you know, in a a county as large as Mobile County, there are many different situations. And so um, going and meeting with principals and finding out what are your needs, we really try to, you know, tune in and, and help each, each school the best that we can. So take me through the process. Let's say that I'm a teacher in the school system and 
I want to get involved with Amstai, what what do I do? You hit up our website. There's, okay. So There's we a website. A, yes, we have a website, and we keep a running interest form so that teachers can express interest in partnership or professional learning. Uh, you can express an interest in sessions that are already scheduled on the books and available. You can just register in that one form. And you can even express an interest in things that we can offer but don't currently have scheduled. Uh, we do that sort of as a, like a, a, a running needs assessment, right? When people start to express an interest or a need of to support in a particular area, then we can just bring online a session to meet the need. Well, I have to share my, my Amstai story just a little bit. So I had the opportunity when I finished my student teaching to roll into some Amstai training that summer if I wanted it. And of course I wanted it because I was like, math and science, yeah, I'm, I'm there. So I spent two weeks of that summer getting trained in different kits. And I wasn't exactly sure what grade I was going to teach so I just rolled the dice and I said, I'm going with fourth grade. Let's just see what fourth grade has to offer. So I spent a week working with all the math, all the math manipulatives and all the cool stuff. And then the next week was science and we did electricity and then we did animal studies. And I got to play with fiddler crabs and millipedes and aquatic frogs. And I was like, if this is what teaching is going to be like, I have just hit the jackpot. Hey, that man. was the coolest thing ever. And I could not, I was like, please, please, please let me get fourth grade. And I did. I got fourth grade my first year. And so I, I remember getting those kits was, I, it was like Christmas. Yeah. Getting to open up those tubs and see what was in there and get everything out and get everything ready. My students and I had so much fun doing that. And the following year I went to fifth grade didn't have the kits and so I really missed it yeah. still got the math I was able to get the math but and then the following year I got to do fourth grade again so I was like yeah I get back to my frogs and my millipedes and my electricity <laughs> so I just as someone who had the opportunity as a teacher to do that just to let you know how exciting that was and and how engaging it was for the students to be involved in that so but you have different there are different things for each grade level right that's right. All of our uh, all of our kids are based on the standards, you know, because that as an educator, you that is what you sign the contract to do is to teach those standards. But um, Amstai's done a very good job with looking at those standards and finding, you know, hands on materials that will match so that um, teachers, you know, most of them, uh, most of our kids cover, you know, the standards. So do really well with that. So what grade levels are these kits available for? So and we really serve all teachers K-12 in math and science. Uh, Amstai Science, what's traditionally known as Amstai Science, would serve grades K through 8. And then ASIM, Alabama Science in Motion, is our sister initiative. We're all under the same umbrella. They would serve science teachers in grades 9-12. Uh, and then what is traditionally known as Amstai serves all teachers K-12 in mathematics. Okay. So there, I didn't realize there was two different divisions there for the for the upper level. Yeah, ASIM uh, ASIM existed before Amstai existed, okay. and a lot of there were um, ASIM people on the Blue Ribbon Committee, and they had a strong influence in it. We have a lot of parallels, uh, and because our goals are the same, and we're uh, housed in the same divisions at the State Department, our like overarching supervision is housed there. 
so we just kind of came alongside each other. We learn from each other, sort of take the best of from each other to make, you know, everything better. And that's great. And the world has made it so that we don't want to wait till ninth grade right. for kids to conceptually understand this math and science. We realize that it starts, you know, at the early ages, uh, even down in kindergarten. And so, um, that's what we I try think, to do. I, uh, I personally, for me, that's an even larger issue of what Chastity's talking about. If I think about uh, equity uh, for all learners, then I really have to think about access, right? How do students get access to learning opportunities and the contents like Chastity's talking about? Traditionally, science hasn't been viewed as important across some grades, just just because of the need for some of the developing core skills in other important subjects. And to think about the long-term lifelong impact of not having access to science early on can be really far reaching. It can be a really big, a really, and it's, you're just missing out on all the fun, right? Like I remember my dad, my dad was a science teacher uh, and he, he really taught me that curiosity is it. Like that's it in a ball of wax. Are you curious about something? How are you gonna figure that out, right? You've got to always be satisfying your curiosities. So uh, my dad, <laughs> one day, we'll just cut to that part of the story. Uh, he's, he, I wanna blow up this really big weather balloon that he's brought home. He's working with NASA at the time. And I want to blow up this really big weather balloon, right? And he's asking me what my goals are, why I wanna do this, right? I wanna be able to launch this weather balloon. And we have this whole conversation about air pressure. We're not gonna go there. Uh, and we have to figure out a way to make this really large balloon float, right? And so dad's like, yep, we need to satisfy some curiosity. So long and short, we end up figuring out, I'm sure he already knew it, but he put me in this place where uh, to know that in a glass Coke bottle, a little lye, a little aluminum foil is gonna make some hydrogen and that's almost like helium and it's all gonna float, right? Fill up this giant balloon. Yeah, tied a <laughs> cotton string to it, right? Okay, I'll stop the story there because it could have gone a very different direction, right? To be a science literate adult in the world, the interdependent global world we live in is super important. And if you wait until people are freshmen in high school to really drill in deeply to that science learning, then you have way too much ground to cover. They're already making decisions. They're super close to being able to, uh, to influence decisions on the global stage. And we need them to understand that way before. Right. <laughs> sure. and, and I would guess too, I mean, there's going to be a lot of misconceptions along the way if they're not getting the the training early and and my understanding is and i've, I've seen it, it it's sometimes hard to reverse those misconceptions it is you actually have to surface and confront a misconception multiple times it's so much easier to get it right the first time so, okay. so i'm i'm curious about a, a couple of things um how how long has amstai been around so our, the regional site here at USA, we were the third site to come online. And this site started in 03, 2003. Okay. And I believe, although don't quote me, <laughs> I believe the first site came online in 2000. Okay. Is that right? That's, that's right. That's Thanks. right. So in 2000. So that's, that's a considerable amount of time that Amstai has been around. And based on the conversation that we're having, if there, there's, is it 10 or 11 site, uh, sites uh, around yes, the state? Yes, 11. Mm -hmm. So to be able to 
have the staffing and the materials and all that, that's a lot of money, right? So how, what has been the accountability for Amstai? Like, do you guys have to come in and say, hey, this is, you know, we've been tracking growth or this is, how do you go back to the state and say, this is working, we need to keep this rolling? That's a beautiful question. Uh, It wasn't beautifully asked, but... (laughs) I'm right there with you, though, because it's a conversation that we spend a good bit of time in. Uh, One of the reasons we spend a good bit of time in in this conversation, first and foremost, is that uh, continuous improvement mindsets are based on evidence and feedback, right? So we talk about that, think about that internally across the state quite regularly, Uh, It has, for some years, especially at the beginning of our existence, been challenging for us to communicate that to legislators and to other external stakeholders who have a a, a maybe more narrow or limited understanding of education and its processes, right? So in the beginning, there were few sites, and each site, even before there were 11 online, you may have a director and two specialists, one for math and one for science, as compared to, say, like other initiatives across the state, things like ARI, things like that, who had much larger sets of staff. So in the very beginning, we had a very small number of people. Most of our money went to materials. We spent a lot. We impacted with professional learning and had less capacity for follow-up support, right? So the research followed the research. And of course, we proved to ourselves and to others that uh, without the embedded follow-up, that there's less implementation. It's actually kind of why I left the classroom, right? Like my Amstai story is I went to training. I tried it in my classroom. Some things worked great. Some things were really hard. I needed a peer to bounce ideas off of but there was only one at the side, right? So I had to wait my turn. I'm not a good waiter. (laughs) Why I decided, right? I was like, oh, you have a job? Let me come help you figure out how to do that. I'm still here doing just that. Um, So in the beginning, we were, we influenced a lot. We had a really big impact in front-end professional learning, but where the rubber meets the road, where that comes out in your practice and ultimately impacting student achievement was harder for us to track and measure. In the beginning, we came, people became uh, partners with Amstat as a school, right? Like your whole school had to say, yes, that's appealing. We all want to be part of that. Uh, and then you know how teachers are. You work here a year, some years, and then you go over there, right? So we were training, follow-up support, really building capacity in this nuclear school setting just to see all those teachers transition to other places. And what that meant was our data pool got really hard to track and really muddy. Because if we wanted to look at this is an Amstai school versus this is a non-Amstai school, then we had a school that had come at some point in the past all together, received training, and then had some transition, a teacher transition in their population. Those teachers ended up in some non-AMSTAS schools. So you really couldn't measure that way. We couldn't look at here's where the intervention has been applied and here's where it has not been applied. We had no control, no way to study. So, uh, which was a big part of that. We commissioned several external studies. As a matter of fact, early on in our work, um, there was a big external study that actually said implementing, uh, effective implementation of Amstai math and science instruction impacted reading scores just as much as it impacted math and science scores. Like that was mind blowing, right? Chastity spoke to that early on, 
right? Building that experiential set, right? Like now you have a hook when you're reading that because you've already lived that, right? Like you have some, some skin in the game, so to speak. Um, so those were our big challenges for how do we, how do we sort of speak to the fact that, that we are allocated us an amount of money? Are we using it well? Are we making a difference? That was our big challenge in the beginning. Um, based on that, based on the evidence, based on the experience of trying to study that, what we do now is we don't serve school by school, but rather all the way down to the teacher grain size, right? So anyone, whether you're at a quote unquote Amstai school or not, can access our training, our materials as they are available. We still do have budgetary constraints. Chastie and I are really good at painting a penny. <laughs> really, really, really good at painting a penny, uh, as are directors across the state. Uh, so now that we're serving sort of everyone, what we have is a scale issue, right? So now what we have is a small number of people who are seeking to influence every teacher in the state of Alabama. And that's a large set of people. So as we scale up that way, we're starting to see the needle move but it's going to be small. It's going to be slow. I shouldn't say small. The impact is never small. Uh, but it is slow to measure because we have fewer people impacting a right. larger group. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I would <laughs> say that kind of reminds me of my Amstai story. I have one. Oh, good. So I, in, in Auburn is the East Alabama Regional In-Service Center, Eric. So we have Sarek in, in Auburn. We had Eric. They still do have Eric. And the year that everyone in Auburn got trained on Amstai. Everyone in Auburn got trained on Amstai for six weeks. And we got paid for it, so it was nice. But it was the most exciting summer. Seriously, the most <laughs> exciting summer. I had so much fun. I had a blast. But we were trained by grade level. And so I was trained for sixth, seventh, and eighth because we did two weeks for each. And the next year I taught ninth grade biology. That's okay. It's okay though. But, <laughs> but it was still, it was, it was a fantastic experience. It really was. But you're right. It is interesting if you train as a school or as a group and then you move to a different school, I can see how that would be hard to track. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and the, like your story that we trained as a whole district, we trained as a school, right. we did it for six weeks, and it was amazing. Like that, really, you don't generally think of things like that. As a teacher, you think summer, going home, right? right. Going to sit down for a minute because I work hard all year. But Amstad's always really kind of felt like that. It's one of the things that we're trying to reconceive because when we trained as a school, when we had large summer institutes, they fed so much more than our content and our pedagogy bucket. They fed the collective efficacy bucket. They fed the community and collaboration bucket as well. It was kind of like a mini conference for teachers and many classroom level teachers don't have that kind of opportunity to regularly attend an education conference. And it really served that role for a long time. Uh, the way we're currently approaching it, in order to make more training available more often, it's less dense. It's less, there are fewer people together in one, like people dense, population dense is what I'm trying to speak to. Uh, and so we're having to think of, of other ways to continue to feed the collective efficacy issue that was a, a hallmark, I think, of the impact of Amstai early on. Yeah, it seems like that would be a challenge. When, when was the shift made where instead of, you know, the whole school having to agree to be trained that just the individual teachers could, could do it? How long has that been going on? 
That started with the new science course of study in 2016 is when that began to... to so uh, if, if teachers don't know that, a lot of them might have, have heard the way that it used to be and might not be aware. So uh, teachers, listen, y'all, please sign <laughs> up because it will change the way things happen in your classrooms. Everyone is welcome. Equity. Yes, yes, yes. I'm always excited because every summer I'll see people post on Facebook because I'm friends with a lot of teachers in the district and they'll be taking pictures of things they're doing with Amstai training. <laughs> oh, they're having so much fun. Yes. I know they are. Yes, we have the internal staff chat, group chat that runs. And, and so we post those kinds of pictures with each other as well. Uh, and even internally, um, recently someone posted, a science specialist said, wait a minute, that, that looks like fun stuff happening in there. I don't <laughs> think of math as being fun. Uh, and I only threw that in here to say that that's really like, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. People post what they experience in Amstad because it's engaging, because it opens them up, because it moves them forward, because it gives them new and fresh and that's the same thing we're seeking to do with students in classrooms that's right you're modeling in the training how you want the teachers to do it in the classroom that's right yeah it means we had just the other day we had a stack of uh what are they one and a half gallon tanks with millipedes in them uh just stacked on the counter in the workroom right out of this training and into the workroom and and yeah some people are like, these stink. What are these? How long will they be here? And others are like, these are awesome. Don't you want to hold it? <laughs> yeah, it was usually my girls. My girls wanted to uh -huh. hold them. And the boys were like, no, no, no. And the girls were like, just give them to me. They already named it, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> adopt them out. Millie and Vanilli. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that's been yeah. a, a very popular name over the years. <laughs> that's great. Well, as we wrap things up, is there any final thing that you would like to say about Amstai or anything you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, just, uh, you know, if, if you give it a chance, uh, you will have fun, learn by having fun. Uh, it's not just the hands-on, though. It's it's the other strategies that, that you learn along as well. And, you know, going into math and science classrooms, uh, they're not quiet, you know, uh, kids learn by talking, the discourse. Um, it's just, it's, it's AMS, the AM style life is not just about materials. It's about um, just a whole set of beliefs in the way that kids learn. And um, I would just encourage you, um, we are learners. We, uh, when we come in and help you, we are, we are teachers just like you are. And like I told you, that's why I wanted to go back to the classroom because I learned so very much. So um, it's, it's, it'll, it'll change the way, uh, that work won't feel like work anymore. You know, you'll go and have fun and enjoy what you get to do. I agree. Absolutely. I would add, uh, so one of my favorite sayings is if you are more tired than your students at the end of the day, then you need to flip that script because the students are the ones that should be doing the heavy lifting every day, right? Like they should be the ones really pouring it in. Uh, and that, that's a really important part of what we as Amstai do, right? If uh, we're really seeking to empower students, uh, to help them be leaders of their own learning, uh, to help them understand that they have the capacity, they are perfectly able to learn, to understand, and to access the information they need to be successful. Uh, and that is also true of teachers. I had a very similar Amstai experience. I learned so much teaching third grade math out of that investigations curriculum, which is what we used at the time. Uh, oh, that's another thing to add. 
We're not linked to a single curriculum in math anymore. So if you're not coming because you don't like investigations, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> We're all things, all things course of study. Good to know. Yes, yes it is. But I learned so much teaching that mathematics because of the mindset, the way that professional learning was presented, the support to figure out how to implement that for myself in my way, with my style, in my classroom, with all of my students. Uh, that, you know, later I wrote an amazing book or co-authored I shouldn't say wrote certainly not all me <laughs> just one of three fantastic and it I, if I'm not mistaken that that quote about uh, the teacher being more tired that sounds like the great Dr. Harry Wong I'm not sure if that's where you got that from but first days of school indeed I still share that with my students to this day I'm like if you've never heard of this guy you need to go you need to check check his book out. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That's what he did because he built learning as a social activity, learning as a social activity, and it has to have all the same kinds of social norms. We have to have a culture. We have to agree. This is what learning looks like, so we're all safe here. Well, thank you both so much for agreeing to come today and for being a part of our uh, our very first podcast here. It was a pleasure. Thank you all so much for having us. Indeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for listening today. We hope you'll join us again next time. As long as we keep talking to each other, we'll make it together through this thing called life. Sincerely, South. The Sincerely South podcast series is brought to you by the University of South Alabama College of Education and Professional Studies. Follow the college Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages at USACEPS for the latest news. Podcast episodes are engineered and produced by Dr. Joe Gaston. Podcast executive producer is Dr. Trace DeFurek. Guests on the podcast are expressing personal opinions for informational purposes only and are not necessarily acting as representatives for the university or for their places of employment. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. <laughs>